Now, today I want to talk about uh, being searched. A number of years ago, uh, we went to, uh, I went with a couple called John and Mags Adlam, who were part of the church. We went to Lithuania. And on the way, you know, Lithuania, it was very cold, it was January. I'm really, really not very good in the mornings. This is a confession as well. So in the, in the morning, we had to fly back from Lithuania back to England. We had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm a relatively grumpy person. In the mornings, I haven't had some coffee. I'm not proud of this, by the way. And uh, we got to the, the customs guards, and they were questioning everybody, and I was getting more and more frustrated. They were, and, then, and then they said to me, are you smuggling anything out of the country? And before you knew it, I... You know, whenever you speak and you're, you're kind of not, it's like an out-of-body, I, I went, what on earth would you want to smuggle out of this country? <laughs> and then as I said it, I was like, oh my goodness, what have I just said? And they went, could you come with us, please, sir? And they took me into a little cubicle and they searched me. And I had a full strip search for that comment, which was a nightmare. So... Uh, just don't do that when you're going through Lithuanian uh, customs. But that's not really what I'm going to talk about. It's uh, just a helpful segue into the talk about being searched. Uh, <laughs> we've, all, we've all seen those kind of words, and we've all, we know like the idea of someone searching us. And it says in, in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me. And there's this kind of cry from the psalmist almost saying, God, look at me. Search me. And that kind of word search, it's, I thought it was quite interesting what Penny shared there about like, uh, it's, it's that idea that God bore of God boring or digging it's like almost like digging for water in a well that God is searching for us and God is looking for us and God is trying to uh, work in our lives and continually you know searching for us there was a guy called Vincent Donovan who worked with the the Maasai in uh, in Africa and he was a great missiologist and he was trying to contextualize the gospel for the, the Maasai tribe and he was living with them and one of the initiation rites of the uh, the, the young Maasai was that they went on a lion hunt and they hunted a lion and, and as he was trying to explain about God and, and he was sitting with them and they were talking about the lion hunt and one of the young men said what we realized when we were on the hunt one day was that we weren't hunting the lion the lion was hunting us and I sometimes think that's true of God he's hunting us he's searching for us all those words that came this morning were God searching for you, hunting you, coming for you, not in a kind of divine stalker type way, but out of complete and absolute love, God is searching for you. He's looking for the best in you. He's coming to you to find all that he can and make you the best that you can. And I guess it's almost like whenever God went into... Uh, Walked in the garden in, in Genesis and Adam and Eve had sinned. And God says this, he says, where art thou? Where art thou? God began searching for us right at the beginning of creation. And he continues to come to us to this day and go, where art thou? Where are you at? How is it with you? How are you doing? How are you growing? How am I? And then we have to kind of respond to that. 
So how willing am I to be open and vulnerable to God? Uh, I know, I don't know, we've all got different kinds of families, haven't we? No, everyone went, yes, of course we do. But there's some families that are really reserved and some families that are really open. Some families that don't argue and some families that do argue. And we're all kind of conditioned by our own background. But there comes a point where we all have to learn to be open with God because he sees us. He is what they call omniscient, all-knowing. He knows all things. And he's searching us and he wants us to grow. And this is kind of a, a gracious pursuit of our hearts. He's, he's pursuing, hunting, looking, trying to get us, to woo us, so that we could become all that he wants us to become. Many years ago, we used to come, to, we used to go to a youth camp when I was young. And there was a guy called Leaford Kincaid from Jamaica, speaking. And I remember him saying this one, this one phrase. I was, I, was, I was 20, so I'm 53, and it just, it, you know, it stuck with me. It's a prayer. He said, this is a prayer I pray every day. It's, God, make me the man you want me to be and not the man that I want to be. Make me the person you want me to be and not the person that I want to be. And I've, I, I read, that's stuck in my mind. And I've kind of tried to pray that pretty regularly for the rest of my life. That, God, please make me all that you want me to be. Because after all, we are, it says in Ephesians 2, I think verse 10, it says, we are God's handiwork. It's handiwork. A better translation is, it comes from this Greek word, poemic. Which is like, we are God's poetry. His, almost even better would be his masterpiece. That you're God's masterpiece. It comes from this Greek word, poemic. And so I think handiwork's a bit utilitarian, but poemic seems a bit more creative and beautiful. And so God is constantly wanting to shape us, wanting to search us out, and wanting to help us grow. But he, you know what? He's not just going to force that upon us. He wants us to partner with him in our growth to work alongside him in growing. And we've been, like for a number of years, I'm thinking, so how do we do that? I think I've said this before, one of the great things of any sermon is the yes, but how? How do I do this? How do I grow? How do I develop in my faith? How do I become, you know, uh, all that God wants me to be? How do I become that masterpiece? How do I allow him to search me out? How do I surrender to him when he hunts me down? And I, we were thinking about this, and I was chatting with someone, and we, 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 we do this thing at 24-7 Prayer. We have this little app called Lectio 365. It's a daily devotional app. And if you've, not, if you've never used it, I just want to recommend it. It's uh, very helpful. And, uh, but the, in the evening, we do evening prayers, and we do something called the examine. And so today, I thought it would be really good to talk about the examine. If I want God to search me, if I want, I want to grow, if I want to become all that God wants me to be, I want to give you and as practical tools that will help us. Now, the examine was, uh, this is the guy, this is St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was a warrior, he was a knight, and he sought fame and fortune, and he wanted to win the glories of battle, and he got injured, he injured his, his leg. And uh, he didn't always look like this, I mean, it's... That's, actually, there's loads of pictures of him, and he looks very like that. He's a slightly receding warrior, okay? And uh, he actually is the only saint, one of the only saints that we know has a criminal record. 
You know, he was, he was caught fighting at night, brawling, uh, with an intent to inflict serious harm. Which is, uh, so, and this is before he met Jesus, obviously. Uh, and he became a soldier at the age of 28. His leg was shattered by a cannonball. So this guy was like, this was, he's a hardcore kind of guy. And whilst he was injured, he found Jesus. He, he was taken to a hospital, and the only books they had were books of the Bible or books about saints, so he read them. And whilst he read them, he discovered and reluctantly, he would say, became enamored with Jesus. And so when he finished that time of you know, recuperation, he went to, I think he went to Paris, and whilst he was there, he sold all his stuff and gave it to the poor, and he became a beggar for a year. And then he eventually founded a order called the Jesuits, a beautiful Catholic order that was banned at one point, but the Society of Jesus would probably be another phrase that they use. And, so, and, and he taught his disciples and his followers ways in which they could grow and how they could develop as Christians. And they, one of the things he did, he said, why don't we learn the examine? And the examine was, uh, it's a reflective model of prayer that helps us kind of cultivate our spiritual lives, that helps us grow as Christians. I don't know about you, but I can't just survive on one meal a week, you know? Well, I could have, uh, no, I don't think I could. You could for a while, right? But we can't survive on one meal a week. And so this is probably the best meal that we get in a week spiritually when we come here on a Sunday and we worship and we meet with other Christians and there's the opportunity to pray with one another. But we can't survive on one meal a week, not as a Christian. We need to learn and continually learn how do we feed ourselves on a daily basis? How do I, you know, how do I grow? How do I allow the Lord to search me, to mold me, to shape me, to make me the masterpiece that I am meant to be? And one of these ways that we could do this would be by practicing the examine. I'm going to talk us through that, if that's okay with you this morning. So let's have a look at the examine. It's just, it's five steps. Don't worry, it's not, it's simple. Oh, that's so small. Is that small for you as well for me? I can see it up here. But Okay, don't worry. Uh, and it involves five really simple things. And if I were you, just, I just want to ask today, I know you mightn't do this. If you could take some notes, this would help you. If you could talk about this in your small group, this would be great. Even if you could try it in your small group, it could be helpful. And, and there the, are the five simple steps. There are preparation, gratitude, review, reflect, prayer, stroke, intention. And I'm going to talk us through those so that by the end of this time together, we all understand what is the examine. And I may have given you a tool that will help you develop and work in your own Christian faith and allow the Lord to search you, to mold you, to shape you, and to make you into all he wants you to be. And so the first part of the examine is this preparation. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm so easily distracted. I think last time I preached, I even got distracted whilst I was preaching and completely just lost my way. Right. But we, we are easily distracted. And in Matthew 6, Jesus said this, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The, the, the idea of any person spending some time with God takes a little bit of removal of distractions and preparation. It can't just happen. I can't. So, so the idea really with this examine would take you 20 minutes. 20 minutes of your day, 
Maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening. Maybe you examine the last 24 hours you've just lived. You examine the weekend that you've just been through. Or you might want to examine the week that you've just had. And so the first thing we do is we prepare. We, we go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. It's interesting that that door, that room that Jesus was talking about there is a kind of Greek word, but tamion. And it was the only room... It was the only room in the house without windows. It was a storeroom right in the middle. It was the only room in the house, actually, in a Middle Eastern house that you could lock the door. So I, I don't know about you, but I have lots of windows in my life. My iPad, my laptop, my phone, that's windows, right? Not, I'm not Microsoft Windows, although that is available, but windows all over the show. And I'm easily distracted, easily distracted. And so the idea of preparation is that we find a quiet and comfortable space where we can be alone and undisturbed. And the, for some of us, that's going to be easier than for others. I'm looking around some of the mothers and the fathers in the room. It's not always easy to find a 20-minute space in your day where you are undisturbed and alone. Take a few deep breaths. Breathe intentionally to calm yourself. Try your best to move into like a posture of stillness. A posture of stillness. I think God really loves it when we try and be still before him. It says in uh, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Actually, the Jesuits said that's the gateway to prayer. Be still. And so we, we find, we prepare ourselves. We, 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 we just settle our hearts. And then the first thing that anybody should do when they're trying to practice the examine is this, Gratitude. Begin by expressing gratitude. Think about the day you just had. Look for something within that day that you can be thankful for. Think about the week you've just had. Begin by expressing gratitude for the blessings that God has given to you. It's so easy to focus in our culture on what we don't have. We live in a consumeristic culture. We have a, a, an advertising model and a, a way of being that's always about what we don't have. And so it, we want to live as Christians counterculturally. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. I've been working on that for days. and no, it didn't really land. But an attitude of gratitude. Cultivate gratitude. It helps shift our focus away from the things that have gone wrong. It helps shift our focus away from what we don't have. And we learn to live grateful lives. In Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thankfulness. Prepare your heart. Move into a space of gratitude. When, when we had, uh, I don't know if you ever tried this, when we had young children, they were young, that was my son was playing the guitar this morning, so you can see he's not very young anymore. But we used to, uh, we used to at the end of the day, would say, what was the best thing about your day and what was the worst thing about your day? And we soon realized that finishing on what was the worst thing about your day just wasn't good. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they would just go, oh, it was this, it was that, it was the other. You know? then we, we, I think actually we dropped the worst thing and just said, what was the best thing about your day? Just trying to end on a happy note. But I don't know about you. I sometimes think it's easier sometimes to think about what's gone wrong, what we don't have, what's not great. But we need to actually, what was the best thing about your day? The day that you have just lived was a gift from God. The week 
that we have all just lived through was a gift from God. Now, you might have had a really terrible week, but it was a gift from God. I don't think he gifted you to terrible stuff, but we have to find the bits in that week that were gifted to us by God. So we start by thankfulness, and then we move into review. Recall the various experiences, encounters, and situations you went through. Pay attention to your thoughts, feelings, and reactions during those moments. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. He will. I I love the idea that we often talk about the Holy Spirit here in this congregation. I I, I just feel we need to continually emphasize it's the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not the force. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. It's a person of the Holy Spirit who wants to come and sit with you, dwell in you, and help you as you reflect through the day. And so it's good to review. It's good to try to be non-judgmental about yourself. There's a a poet called uh, John O'Donoghue, and one of the lines in one of his poems is, be excessively gentle with yourself, which is up there. And even in some of the words that were coming out today, I think we're not always good at being excessively gentle with ourselves. We kind of beat ourselves up. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish, you know, it, it goes through our minds and we need to learn to be gentle with ourselves because we have a good, good father. A father who loves us, a father whose primary expression towards us is a smile. And we need to learn to be gentle with ourselves as we review our day. And we pay attention. God, where were you? What did I see? What did I do? And it's just an interesting thing to do, to try and be non-judgmental. Just, you know, how did you react? What were your thoughts? What were your feelings during the day? This is how we grow. We examine ourselves. We grow in self-awareness. We grow in understanding of who we are. And we we start to ask ourselves these kind of questions. Sometimes, I I, I don't know, life just bezes along, you know. And sometimes we just breathe in a minute. Examine, why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? Why were those, what were those thoughts I had? And But to do that in a gentle way. And then after reviewing the day, we reflect. Take a moment to reflect on our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Reflect means look at yourself. Look in the mirror. It's a reflection. Uh, one Chinese philosopher said this, it is wisdom to know others. It is enlightenment to know oneself. Self-awareness is the ability to focus on yourself and how your actions, thoughts, or emotions do or don't align with your internal standards. We need to reflect, ask ourselves questions like, what brought me joy today? What challenged me? What did I learn? Where did I sin? How did I show up in my interactions with others? They're good questions, aren't they? How did I show up in my interactions with others? Sometimes my interactions with others are distracted by my phone or by other things that I've got on my mind and I'm not fully present. Or perhaps my, you know, I'm not always great in certain ways. And what am I learning? What brought me joy? What brought you joy in the last week? 
worth thinking about. Where did I sin? Graham said this last week. He said, uh, we don't talk about sin much. And we don't. But one of the things about me and you as we are Christians is that we, we do sin. And it's helpful sometimes to think, when did I sin today? Where did I get it wrong? You know, where did I just screw up? Where was I grumpy, miserable, backbiting, negative? I'm just naming my own sins here, by the way, okay? But, you know, where, where did those things happen? Where, and, and if we're not reflecting on them, we're not, we, it's sometimes hard to grow. If we look at ourselves and we start to realize that, yes, I have sinned. I am a sinner. Apostle Paul said, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Uh, 1 John 1, 8 to 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So, and the truth is not in us. It's quite strong from John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Imagine that you're on your own. You've created some space. You've expressed gratitude. You've reviewed your day, your week, and then just reflect on how that was. And one of the areas is, where, where did I sin? Because I guess when we sin, we don't normally do it super intentionally. Sometimes we do. But normally, we don't want to do it again. We know when we sin, and we don't like ourselves when we sin, and we want to change. Sometimes that, to do that, it means we need to repent. We need to say, God, I'm sorry that I've sinned today. I need, we need to confess our sins. And it isn't the easiest topic to talk about, but it is one that we all do. And it's one that the beauty of... Our faith is that we believe in a gracious God, a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God of forgiveness who comes and wants to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then you finish the uh, exam in this way, by, by prayer. Conclude the exam with a prayer or an intention. By that, I mean it could be just, your prayer could just be a simple expression of gratitude. Thank you, God, that you were with me today. Thank you that you were with me over the last week. Thank you that you forgive my sins. Or it could be a, a commitment to a specific action. This week, I'm not going to get sucked into talking about so-and-so. This week, I'm going to try and live differently. This week, I'm going to be kind. This week, I'm going to go out of my way to do A, B, and C. It's an intention. So some of it's a prayer, some of it's intention. I think they're both kind of linked. But this is how we kind of, we grow. We think about these steps and we, 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 we use them. Because we don't want to be like in James, where James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I want to be a doer of the word. I want to be someone who, when I meet with Jesus, I want to allow him to touch my life, but I want him to change me. I want him to make me the man that he wants me to be, not the man that I want to be. I want to allow his life to touch me, him to search me, to work within me, and to change me and transform me, and to move me along in my journey, to make me more of the masterpiece that he intended me to be. And God is looking to do that in our lives. And he's looking for a people who will practice a spirituality that is more than just one meal a week. He's looking that we feed 
regularly, that we look at ways in which we can enhance our growth and our development in him. And so there's these five little points in conclusion of this. Preparation, gratitude, review, reflect, prayer, and intention. Now my challenge would be this, if you've managed to take any notes. If you could do this at least once this week, obviously no one's going to be checking up, but it's not a party line or anything like that. I'm just trying to suggest a helpful tool. Something that could help us grow in our faith. And if this was, this is something that's been practiced for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's helped Christians grow, and not just grow in their faith, but grow in their sensitivity to God. The minute you start having to think, where did I see God today? You start looking for him a bit more. The minute you start thinking, right, what am I grateful for today? You start thinking, what am I going to, you know, you you build it into your life and it starts to to change who we are. It helps us grow in our faith. And so that's that's the simplicity of the exam. And I hope that's been simple. I've tried not to make it complicated. But we just wanted, we were talking with Graham, the guys about this, and just thought it would be just a really helpful tool that we have. On, actually, not, not that I'm here to promote an app, but on the evening prayer, it actually helps you walk through those steps. And it's a really, a lot of people do it at night time, just before they go to bed. I, I don't, by the way, because I fall asleep. And I don't do the, I don't do the app either, because it's like my friend Hannah, and if I do that in bed, it's like Hannah's lying next to me, whispering in my ear, and it's really weird, so I don't do it. But she's not your friend, so it'll be fine for you, if you know what I mean. Uh, that, that, all, that, went, that took a bit of a weird turn, didn't it? Sorry. Uh, yeah, but so, so the sense of practicing, the, putting practices in our lives. We've been talking about practicing the way. We've been talking about all these different things. And it's because we want to grow as disciples of Jesus. We want to become more like him. And this is one of these things that I think we could put into our lives that would help us grow in our faith, grow in our knowledge of Jesus, and grow that we would become more like him. So I'm just going to pray. I'm hoping that's helpful. I hope that's something that's quite practical one today, but I hope it's something that we can take away. It will help us. Mark and the guys are going to come and lead us in a, in a song, if that's, that's all good. I'm, yeah, everyone's good on that, so we're great. I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you that you, you search us and you know us. We thank you that you, we are your masterpiece. Lord, we thank you that we are in a church where on Sundays you speak through the body to each one of us. Lord, we thank you for all those words that were spoken during the last session of worship. God, I pray that you would make them living and alive and that they would be for the people that they would be for and that we wouldn't be resistant to you at work. So, Father, I pray you'd help each one of us to grow in our knowledge of you, to know you more, to love you more, to become more like you, and more full of you. In Jesus' name, amen.